Come on and welcome Brother Woody Robinson to the Lord's house today. We're so glad you're here. Take your liberty and let the Holy Ghost have his way. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it. Y'all give a big warm appreciation, hand clap, and holler Texas style for your pastor, the one and only Samuel Purdy. Every, nobody else can be him. I, I, I made sure I got up early and was prepared just to follow him around this morning. Because I just sit in one spot and watch him go. Pure entertainment for me. I, I first met him, uh, was it two years ago now? And he's one of the few people that I liked immediately. I know you try to act like you love everybody and you like everybody, but you don't. And I'm one of those kind where I'm like, Lord, help me. And I, I reserve all of my um, opinions until later on where I find out your real stuff, where I'm going to like you or not. You know how you do, people. But when I met Pastor Samuel, I liked him immediately. He has a great name. He was a name that is prophetic, a name that is stable, a name that prays for you even when you have given up on yourself. Samuel in the Bible still prayed for Saul. If God had to come to him and say, leave Saul alone, he's gone too far. Thank God you have a pastor that will stay with you even if you've gone too far. And will bring you back to repentance, bring you back to the cross of Christ. Hallelujah. We appreciate him. I like him just the way he is. I'm not going to try to change him. I may try to keep up with his pace. I might lose a little weight, but I may not. So I'm not too worried about that. Glory to God. I am, I am excited about being here today. If you have never met me, well, today is your day. It's something. When you leave here, you can say, well, he's something. I am something. If you've never met me before, I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad was a pastor, and so I started singing on the platform when I was five. I started playing drums when I was 11. I started preaching when I was 18 years old. I don't just come from a short heritage on my father's side. On my mom's side of the family, I am I'm a fourth-generation preacher. My mom still pastors in Dallas, Texas today. My grandmother, they would not let her preach in the pulpit, so they asked her to stand to the side, and she would preach in Corsicana, Texas, and get people saved, healed, delivered, and filled with the Holy Ghost. My great-grandmother, they wouldn't let her preach in the pulpit. They wouldn't let her preach to the side. They said, wait till after church, and you can preach after the dinner so she stood in the back of a wagon preaching Jesus Christ preaching that his blood saves got him healed saved and delivered I come from a long list of women but I'm not a woman but I won't be here next weekend happy Mother's Day God loves women and God loves men. God, cut, God, God called both of them equally. It's the same spirit that was in Adam, the same spirit's in Eve. If you have a God spirit, you have a ministry that God has put inside of you and you need to fulfill your ministry. That's a quick little sermon. That one's free, not charge you nothing. Glory to God. You don't have to give an offering on that one. Praise Jesus. Mr. Soundman, I'm going to do one song before I get cranked up preaching for the next three hours. When I grew up in church, we didn't even have clocks in the church or even on our wrist. But I'm, you, you said it had till three, right? Okay, glory. Glory to God. Turn in your Bibles with me this morning, if you would, please. We're going to go to two passages of Scripture. One's going to be in the book of Judges, chapter 16. The other one is going to be in Acts, chapter 14. Judges, chapter 16, and Acts, chapter 14. 
I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version because it's the version closest to the Texan accent in which I can understand. Everybody say, thank God for Texas. As you can tell, it's the state that's still holding everything together. Glory to God. It's the state still holding everything together. Four of you. Glory to Jesus. All right. Praise God. I want to preach this morning. You may look dead, but you're still dangerous. You may look dead, but you're still dangerous. Look at the person next to you and say he's talking about you. Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, verse 19. And this is the story. This is one portion of the story of Samson. I wish that you would spend this week and go back and read his story. There's a lot to it. Samson is not a failure. If you'll notice in Hebrews chapter 11, the name Samson is there in the hall of faith. He did a lot of wonderful things before he had one downfall. It's amazing how many people will ridicule you over one downfall, over one mess up, over one problem. Samson is in the middle of his problem. Aren't you thankful that God didn't show your problem on the big screen? Aren't you thankful that Jesus covered it by the blood, forgave you, and you're moving past it? Thank the Lord. Judges chapter 16 and verse 19. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and I will shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. It's a terrible place to be in a place where you felt like the Lord has departed from you. Verse 21, then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him to Gaza. And they bound him with bronze fetters and he began to grind. He became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Say grow again. Verse 23, now the lords of the Philistines gathered together, offered a great sacrifice to Dagon their God to rejoice. And they said, our God has delivered into our hands Samson our enemy. Verse 24, when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land and the one who multiplied our dead. Verse 25, so it happened when the hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson that we may that he may perform for us. So they called for Samson from the prison and he performed for them and they stationed him between the pillars, verse 26. Then Samson said to the lad who led him by the hand, let me fill the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Isn't it a wonderful thing to come into the temple and lean on the pillars in the temple? But I don't have time to preach that. Go to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14, verse 19. Acts 14. Now, this is not Samson. This is Paul, the apostle Paul, who preaches the gospel to the Gentiles, who goes to the Greek um, cities of Antioch and of Ephesus and of Philippi and of Macedonia. He also goes to Roman. He writes 70% of the New Testament. His story is completely different than Samson's. Samson all of a sudden lost his power and he's in prison. Paul is preaching the gospel and he gets thrown into prison. What you're doing, get thrown into prison. 
Acts chapter 14 and verse 19. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Saul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Acts 14, verse 19. I'm going to read it one more time. The Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, having persuaded the multitudes. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing to be dead. Verse 20. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbi. Two different stories. Two situations where both men look dead. Now let me explain to you what dead really means. Dead is death is not the stopping or the or the sensation of life. Dead is when you are ineffective to your enemy. Dead is when you have no strength. You have no life. You have you are no threat. You, 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 you have no constitution to, to continue, then you're dead. If you've ever been to a football game and it's 42 to 0 with two minutes left to play, you all say the game is over. It's amazing what you go through sometimes and you feel like your life is over. You feel like that you are no more struggling against your enemy. You have been subdued. There is a point where we feel dead inside. There is a point where we feel like I have, I have gone to the end of this. I don't even know what to do next. There's a point where we function on the outside, but we go through the routines of our life mindlessly and we don't know exactly what's coming next. We are without hope. We are without life. We are without joy. Our vision is gone. Our strength has failed. We have lost hope and we are dead on the inside. It's amazing how many people can come to church but feel dead on the inside. It's amazing how many people go to work but they feel dead on the inside. But I'm here to encourage you today. You may look dead but you're still dangerous. Strangers may not notice it. You, you, you may have gone through a season in your life where you felt like everything had crumbled and fall apart. But you know that place on the inside that is discouragement and it is, it is depressed. It is where despair moves through your mind without restraint. You don't know where to go. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what's going to happen next. You are just simply operating but you're not really being productive. There are different kinds of deaths. There are different kinds. There's an emotional death where you can just become so cold and so bitter. You don't care if you're connected to anyone. There can be a death of a career. You can lose a job. You can lose something that you thought you were going to, to be promoted and that didn't happen. There sometimes is a death in a marriage which also then sometimes lead to divorce. You can have a death in a ministry. You can have a death in a relationship. You can have a combination of all these things at the same time. Is doing the will of God. And left him for dead. If you've ever been a minister, there's sometimes you feel stoned and left for dead. If you've ever served God past 15 minutes, there are some points you feel like everything hits you at the same time and you don't know what to do and you did not know how to recover. Because when you are stoned, many things are hitting you at the same time. Have you ever know what to do? Then you know how Paul felt. He looked dead, but he was still dangerous. 
Some of us sometimes we're like Samson and we can't see anything. We've had our eyes put out. We can't see the hope for tomorrow. We can't see the hope in the next day. We can't see the new job. We can't see the new development. Sometimes we're just going in a circle and the Bible says that they made him a grinder and he just went round and round. Have you ever felt like there was something in your life and you just went around and around? You didn't want this problem, but you went around it. You didn't want this habit, but it just kept cycling through your life. You did not know what you were going to do next. Your adversary thinks you are dead. The Philistines have a problem. They did not kill Samson. The Philistines' problem is that they kept messing with him. Sometimes the reason you can't get that next anointing is because you keep messing with the bad habit. Sometimes you keep messing with a secret sin. The Philistines' problem is that they didn't kill him when they had a chance. Thank God you didn't die when Satan thought he had a chance to kill you. Because at least if I'm still alive... The story ain't over. At least if you're still breathing, the story's not over. At least if you woke up this morning, God's got a new plan for you. At least if you took in breath, God still has something for you to do. Or maybe you're like Paul. You just feel like there was too much of life hitting you at one time. But now watch this. Paul was in the will of God. I thought if I was in the will of God, it's supposed to work. See, that's why if you'll notice, if you'll read about Paul's life, he goes on missionary journeys, and one time it's Barnabas is with him, another time John Mark is with him, another time you can't get anybody to go with him. You know why? Because when you go with Paul, you get thrown in prison, you get your clothes torn off, they beat you with whips, you get shipwrecked, they stone you, and they leave you for dead. I don't want to be on that missionary journey. That don't get on TBN. That's why Paul couldn't get anybody to go with him. Like, no, I'm going to get beat up if I go with you. That's why some people leave you because they can't handle the anointing you have because they can't handle the adversity that you have to go under. But your adversary does not realize that even though you look dead, even though you look ineffective, even though you look unproductive, you are still dangerous anyway. In, in 2008, I was in a car wreck, and I died at the scene of the accident, but then an angel showed up and woke me up. For five days, I was unconscious in Shreveport at LSU Hospital. They had a hematoma around my heart, but I wasn't dead. They were afraid that the hematoma would pop at any time, but two days later, the doctors came in and said, we don't know what happened, but it's gone. After five days, I woke up. After five days, I woke up, and they said, he's brain damaged. He'll never be the same. Don't laugh. I have three doctor's reports that tell you I'm brain damaged, as if I needed a doctor's report. Me and anybody who knows me knows that. But the, my, the, but the therapist told my wife he will never function again in whatever his career was before this. But I'm still here. But I'm still preaching. But I'm still singing. I had look dead, but I was still dangerous to the kingdom of Satan. I was still not completely done. You may look like you've been through too much. You may look like you've been through prison. You may look like you've been through a bad habit, but you're not. It's at the wrong time in the wrong lap. Have you ever been at the wrong place at the wrong time? 
Thank God for grace and mercy. I, I noticed some of you didn't want to raise your hand. You didn't, you didn't know everybody know your stuff. That's fine. That's all right. Or maybe you're like Paul and you're following the will of God. You're in the right place at the right time and you still collapse. I've been in the ministry my entire life, and I've seen ministers rise. I've seen them fall. I've seen them start over. I've seen them start again. Why? Because there's still something God has in them. Whatever your story is, God still has his word. God still has his spirit. God still has his anointing. He has placed it in you, and no matter what the enemy tries to do to stop you, God is still watching over his word. God is still watching over his anointing. You've got power in you that you did not know about. You have hope in you that you did not know about. God said they may look dead on the outside, but I've still got something that the enemy doesn't know about it's called resurrection power you may feel hopeless you may feel depressed you may feel lifeless you may feel in despair but God knows even God knows you might look dead but you're still dangerous See, death doesn't stop God. God is not afraid of the dark. He's not scared and he's not frightened. Because in the beginning there was no light and God said, then let there be light. When you feel like the light has gone out, God will step back on the portals of your mind and your heart and say, I speak life to you. I speak light to you. I speak life to regenerate a dead carcass. And in the name of Jesus, some of you need to be re-lifed, resurrected to a new life in the spirit. Resurrected to new emotions resurrected to a new body oh you might look dead but you're still dangerous Isaiah 55 and verse 11 says so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish that which I please and it will prosper the thing which I do Jesus said if it, unless a seed fall and it die then it abides alone but if it dies it'll bring forth fruit sometimes you had to go through your death process in order to bring forth new fruit that God had waiting in you because we think if it's a God thing everything will work out but that's not always true God will take you through adversity. God will take you through difficulty. God will take you through tough times. Why? So when you get to the other side of it, you can't take the credit for it. You have to stop and say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would not be here to God be the glory. Somebody clap your hands and give God some glory. Because no matter what you feel like inside, you say, Brother Woody, I feel just fine today. Then you better tuck this message back in your memory. You're going to need it. You may feel wonderful today. You better tuck this message in your memory. You're going to have a family member who needs it. You may feel just wonderful today. You better tuck this message in your memory. You're going to have a friend who needs this message who are going to feel dead, but they get to know that by the Spirit of God, they are still dangerous. Can you say amen? The Spirit of God will move in a place that looks dead. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and in verse 1. That in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And that the earth was formless and it was void. And, and, and darkness was over the face of the deep. But the Bible says that God moved on the darkness. Aren't we glad that God knows how to move on our darkness? That God knows how to move on our, on our, on our places that we that look void and that look like there's nothing going on. Why is that? Because your God is a moving God. Your God is not a monument. He is a movement. Your God is not petrified. 
God, he is progressive. Your God is not frozen, he is flowing. Jesus is alive and a well and he's moving today. That's why religion frustrates. That's why religion gets stagnant. But God is looking for a people who are willing to move and willing to grow and willing to mature and willing to say, I may look dead, but I'm still dangerous. Not dangerous in a negative way, but dangerous to this world and dangerous with the things of God. You are a danger to the, to the kingdom of the enemy. You are a danger to, to the cycles of this world because we don't fit in. I want to be a part of a church that's welcoming and has energy and this church has it. Thank God this church has it. But when we begin to preach the word of God... Our thinking is opposite the world's thinking. We don't agree with everything they agree with. We can't agree with everything they can agree with. We don't say everything's right. You figure it out. There are some things that are wrong. So as welcoming as we like to be, the reality is that we always serve as a standard and as a line that says everything in the kingdom of the world is not right and we are raising the standard of holiness. We are raising the standard of righteousness. We are raising the standard of joy. We are raising the standard of love, peace, and the Holy Ghost. Because the Spirit of God will move on your situation even when you don't know it. Because the book of Judges 16 and verse 22 says, Samson's hair began to grow again. that, That caught my attention because I've never felt my hair grow out of my head. When it used to grow more. When it wasn't this color. Come on, some of y'all remember what your color used to be. Some of y'all remember where you used to have hair. Smile, that was funny. But the Bible says that Samson's hair began to grow again. God will sometimes do things inside of your situation, but you don't feel him. You have to be careful and not always grade God by whether you feel Him or not because He's always moving whether you feel Him or not. Whether Samson felt God moving, the Bible said his hair was growing anyway. Even when you felt at your lowest point, God was moving anyway. Even when you felt like it wasn't going to work out, God was moving anyway. Even when it didn't work out the way you thought, God still had something else planned. God was moving anyway. You don't have to feel it. God's always moving. You don't have to feel it. God's always knowing. You don't have to feel it, but God is working on your behalf. You may not feel it, but God is moving in your situation even though it even though you don't have all the answers. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't have all the answers? Have you? (laughs) I should have had way more amens on that one. That's fine. Have you ever been in a place where you just felt covered up by everything? You just said, you just, I can't take one more step. But thank God for a moving God. Thank God for a God who doesn't stop. Thank God for a God who's not worried about what happened. God isn't worried. Whatever you, whatever you dealt with at any time, at any point, God was not caught off guard. So stop praying like he didn't know. 
I was talking to I was talking to pastor in the office, and I said, "You know what amazes me? It amazes me every July and every August. People who live in Texas for more than two years, and they are shocked at the temperature in August. <laughs> oh my goodness, it is so hot. Where did you move here from? <laughs> Where'd you come from, Wyoming?" How long have you been in Texas? And when they tell me 40 years, I want to smack them upside the head. Not in the Lord, just smack them. Because I want to ask them a question. What's been happening every August for the last 40 years here? It's hot. That's why Pastor was getting his air conditioner fixed today before it gets hot. Because if it breaks down in August, he might come to your house. If I come, I may eat up your groceries. I do not have a fasting spirit. I just don't. Now, I'm prepared if God asks me to fast. Some of y'all are going to wither up. I won't. I can last. I'm, I'm ready. Just in case. If he, if he, but it's got to be him. I want to see some angels. I'm going to see something go on. I want to see a cloud. I'm going to hear some lightning, some thunder. It better be the Lord. You, you will never have to worry about me walking up the refrigerator. You know what? The Lord wants me to fast. No, he don't. I bind that. I'll throw it out. I will. But in the same way that God is, that's in the same way that you shouldn't be shocked in August that it's 100 degrees, God is not shocked when you are going through a bad or difficult time in your life. So stop talking to God as if he didn't know. I'm not saying not to express your feelings, don't get me wrong. But stop talking to him as if he was caught off guard. As if Satan knew everything and God knows nothing. Because the Bible says, I have not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man or entered into the heart of Satan the things that God has prepared for you and for those who love him. Whatever you're dealing with, God has already prepared a way where there seems to be no way. God isn't caught off guard. He's got a plan. Why? Because he is the Alpha and he is the Omega. He is the author. He is the finisher. He is the arm of the Lord. He is the bread of life. He is the captain of salvation. He is the good shepherd. He is the great high priest. He is the horn of salvation. He is the I am the I am. He is the king of the ages. He is the lamb of God. He is the lion of Judah. He is the Lord of glory. He is the prince of peace. He is the living water. He is the enduringly strong. He And I may look dead, but somebody needs to tell Satan I'm still dangerous. Because it may look like my, my story's over, but my hair is growing. Paul looked dead. His enemies thought he was dead, left him for dead. And you know what happened? His eyes popped open. He said, Well, still here. He didn't quit the ministry, Pastor. He didn't say God was mad at him. He didn't say he had failed God. He got up and said, let's go do it again. That's one of the things I love about your son. When you saw me that picture of him riding horseback. 
And you go, son, you had to be scared. He goes, no, no, the horse is scared. You need to get up tomorrow morning and say, good morning, Monday. I'm here. I'm sick of is a day that the Lord has made. I'm supposed to get up and I'm supposed to rejoice. I'm supposed to let Satan know I'm still awake and I'm still on fire for God and I'm still dangerous. No matter what Satan tried to do to stop you, no matter what life threw at you, no matter how covered up, no matter how dead you have felt sometimes, get up! You need a resurrection story. You need a resurrection experience. You need to get up, suck Hey, This is a good day and I will do what God has called me to do. Because the seed of God is in you. The seed is still at work in you. You may not see it. You may not sense it. You may not feel it. Sometimes you may not believe it. But God is still moving. The Philistines didn't. They made sport of him. There may be some things in your life you need to kill off. There may be some people on Facebook you need to unfriend. There may be some numbers you need to take out of your phone. There may be some stores you need to quit going into because you can't go in there without buying products you don't need. Find somebody who's real. Everybody acting churchy. I do not want you to be in condemnation. I want you to start living what God has put inside of you. We, we don't throw rocks. We start off at repentance. And God will build in you. You think you were dead, but God brings new life. You think your story was over, but God brings new life. Well, Brother Woody, you don't know my story. No, I don't, and I don't have to. God still has life in you. God still has a plan in you. God still has seed in you. God still has anointing in you. God still has a calling in you. Well, how do you know that? Because you're still breathing. You're not dead. You're here. Then do something. Well, Brother Woody, I, 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 I can't go evangelize like you. Good. We need somebody like Brother Dale that'll fix an air conditioner. I cannot fix an air conditioner. I can stand there and sing, oh, air conditioner, be healed, and that's not going to work. Sometimes you need to lay hands on something. We need somebody to lay hands on the air conditioner. We didn't need to walk around the air conditioner. We didn't need to bind Satan off the air conditioner. Satan didn't care about the air conditioner. Had a guy used to go to my church when I was pastoring. He had a flat tire, lived in Dallas, driving home. He said, that's it. I'm quitting the church. I'm quitting God. I said, why? He goes, my car broke down. I'm like, why are you quitting God? He said, because my car broke down. I said, your car is an inanimate object. It can't be saved. It can't be redeemed. It is a collection of moving parts that will always break down. Stop being surprised. If you ride on bald tires, you're going, you're going to drive on flat tires pretty soon. If you don't change the oil, it's going to freeze up. If you don't put in some coolant, it's going to overheat. If you don't wash it every once in a while, it's going to get dirty. 
Jesus or Satan, either one, it's your car. How are you going to treat it? It's an inanimate object. You don't, he said, well, my tire broke. Get out and change the tire. You don't need to walk around it and pour oil on the front. You need to put oil in the engine. <laughs> Satan didn't make your tire go out. You were driving on Maypops. You know they may pop any minute. Well, then they did. That's not God's fault. That ain't Satan's fault. That's your fault because you don't do any maintenance. He said, well, I never saw it that way. How can you not see it that way? That's a natural thing. You have to attend to it in the natural. When you have emotional things, you have to attend to them in the emotional. When you have spiritual things, you have to attend to those things in the spiritual. God will help you with the spiritual and the emotional, and it will start lining out the physical. But too many times we give the enemy too much credit when we don't want to do chores. I don't care who you are. You can get out in your front yard all you want to and say, I bind this, these, these grass from growing. Grass, I curse you. You're going to die right now. No, it's not. It's going to grow. Now, in August, it'll be dead because it's going to be 100 degrees, but you didn't bind nothing up. You're just too lazy. and You just waited till you got a ticket. People get confused. You see how people put weight on things that God... Is not talking about. They'll put their whole existence on something physical when God says, What I have is eternal. What I have outdoes the physical. It's not about your car. It's not about your house. It's about you living holy and right and justly before me. And maybe you didn't learn it when you were 20, and maybe you didn't learn it when you were 30. You're going to learn it by the time you get 40. And you may some trials, you may go through some struggles you may go through some failures but you are not dead you have potential you have potential you have potential you're still dangerous to the enemy if you'll ever start looking at yourself as the son or the woman of God that God is calling you to be well I, I, I can't be pastor no you can't, you're not called to be him you don't want to be called a pastor. You don't. Look at these eyes. You don't want to be called a pastor. Because no matter what you do, somebody else got another project. I don't know. He's got quite a few on his own. You may feel dead on the inside. You may feel dead through whatever it is, but you are still dangerous to the enemy. You still have life. You still have potential. God still has anointing. God still has calling. God still wants to bring you back to a point that you excel more than you ever did before. Samson in his death killed twice as many Philistines than he ever did with his life. I want to be more effective after I died than I was before I died. I told you in the car wreck in 2008 I died. I've already been dead once. I want to be more effective now. They said, I'd never preach again. Well, here we go. They said, I'd never sing again. I'm singing. If I went to, 
just what they said. Now, they told me what they saw. I just didn't let them determine what I was going to do. You may be like Paul, where you felt like everything in life has hit you at one time. And you feel like, I don't know how I'm going to even get up tomorrow. God still has new life. God still has resurrection power. Sweetie, if you'll go to the keyboard. I'm not going to preach much longer, I promise. Because too many times... We feel like our life is at a stopping point. We feel like our life can't get over this next thing. But it can. It may not work out the way you wanted it to. After my wreck in 2008, I sat in my house for two years. The only places I ever went was to the doctor's office or to church. For two years. But that's not my whole story. I'm still here today. Whatever you've gone through, you're still here today. Whatever your failures have been, you're still here today. Whatever doesn't work like it used to, you're still here today. You may have to do some things different. You may have to do it in a different way. But you're still here. That means God still has plans in you. God still has a place for you. God still wants you to be a part of what's going on right here at the Lord's house. Or Brother Woody, I went through a terrible relationship. Brother Woody, I've lost my job. Brother Woody, we all have a story. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Um, you, you may have been at a point you don't even know what the answers are. You may be a inside you don't know even what to think several years ago I went through I went through a divorce and I got to the point Samuel I said I don't even know what to think about church about God about life. I don't know what to think felt like my hair was cut off like Samson but in my own depression, in my own disappointments, God was still moving. Aren't we thankful we serve a God who still moves when you're disappointed? Who still moves when you're in despair? Who still moves when you don't have the answers? Sometimes you can stop and say, wait a minute. I don't have the answers, but you do. I don't know how this happened, but you have all the answers. I don't know how I'm going to see tomorrow, but you are my hope for tomorrow. I put my life in you. I put my life in you. I'm going to just live this day. Sometimes the biggest step of faith is getting up tomorrow morning. Some, for some of you, the biggest step of faith was that you came to church today. Some of you, when the alarm went off this morning, you said, I don't even want to get up. But you're still here. You're still here. Stand to your feet all over the building because you may look dead, but you're still dangerous. Tell three people around you, God's not done with you. Come on, tell three people around you, God's not done with you.
Whatever it is you can do, God wants to use that. And I am going to open the altars this morning, and I do want to pray with you. But you need to start realizing that you're not dead. You need to start realizing you're not dead. It's not over. The chapter hidden ended. The book's not closed. There's still new life in you. There's still resurrection power in you. You may not have the answers, but He does. How many of you, by a show of raising your hand, would say, I know God has the answers, even when I don't? I want everybody to close your eyes all over this building right now. Father, Jesus, every person on the sound of my voice right now, they may feel dead inside. They may feel like they've gone through prison. They've gone through disappointments. They've gone through failures. But you still have anointing in them. You still have power in them. And in the name of Jesus, I speak resurrection power into their life, into their mind, into their into their spirit. Let them see themselves as your son and again that you're raising them to new life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today and you'd like for me to pray with you, I just want you to make your way to the front. I'm going to hand the microphone off to Pastor. Let him do whatever he wants to do. If you want me to pray with you that, you know what, you may be going through a season where you feel like it's winter. I promise you summer's coming. If you feel like you're in a place you don't have all the answers, I promise you the chapter's not ended. If you're going through a place of discouragement, I'm telling you God has joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I want everybody else under the sound of my voice to raise your hand one more time and begin to invite the Spirit of God to saturate this room for the next five minutes. Invite the Spirit of God to saturate this room for the next five minutes. You begin to say, God, fill this place with your Holy Spirit. God, begin to touch people's lives.